This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hi there, hockey fans, and welcome back to Rotowire Signature NHL Hockey Pod Podcast with Statsman and AJ. Friends, I'm Paul Bruno in Toronto, Ontario, and you can follow me at Statsman22. My usual co-host, AJ Scholes, is ill today and will be missing from the show. He's a great follow at AJScholes24. As always, we invite your questions about all things hockey to those Twitter handles anytime during the week. Okay, friends, let's dive into our weekly look around the league. First up, the Anaheim Ducks, they went 2-2 two and two last week. Left defenseman Hampus Lindholm, one goal and one assist to help the offense from the back end. Jacob Silberberg moved up to right wing on the top unit. Despite the fact he's picked up two assists in his last five games played, this guy's a scorer, folks, and I think I like the, the fit between him and Ryan Getzlaff going forward. It should be inexpensive to get one or both of these guys in the lineup, but I think they could make magic. Backup goalie Ryan Miller went 2-1 and one in his last three games played. That's good news because he only allowed five goals against in that stretch. Meanwhile, John Gibson has given up 34 goals in his last 10 starts, and I wonder if he's tiring a little bit because those are numbers that are way above his usual level of uh, results. Right wing on the second unit, Andre Case is another guy who's chipped in offensively, and I might keep an eye on him. One goal and three helpers in his last six games played here. The Arizona Coyotes went 0-1-2 last week. Oliver ekman Larson dealing with a lower body injury. That's upset the defensive structure a little bit, making room potentially for Alex Goligoski to get more high-leverage minutes. He's on a 40-point pace anyway. Another guy who's there ca- counting on for some offense is Jacob Chikrin. He's gone the other way, folks, though, with no points in his last 10 games played. In terms of the good news, Aiden Hill has been solid in his six starts in the Nets, actually outplaying veteran Antti Ranta since Darcy Kemper went down with an injury. More good news is that Christian Dvorak, a center from who graduated from the London Juniors in the OHL, is thriving at, no, at the number one role with three goals and two helpers in his last seven games played. So it looks like another diamond from the London factory uh, making it big in the NHL. The Boston Bruins went 2-0 last week. Left wing on the second line, Jake DeBrusque. His ownership is up 6% to 63 overall. Three goals in his last six games played in that role beside David Krejci. 
Left defenseman Tori Krug on the second pairing. He had two goals and three assists in two games played last week, and he's been a bit of a quandary for owners because can't seem to stay healthy, but when he's in the lineup, he certainly is productive. Uh, David Pasternak, he's been productive whenever he suits up. A goal and four assists adds to his growing numbers in a career season. Again, two games played, and he's productive to the level of five points. That's outstanding. Right wing on the second line, Carson Kuhlman is maybe a guy to keep an eye on. Called up five games ago, has four assists in that span, and he's also going to benefit from playing with uh, great distributor and David Krejci. The top four uh, on defense is restored with the health of Tori Krugin intact, but uh, Jeremy Lozon has been fo- forced to join the lineup after injuries of sideline Miller and Clifton on that third pairing. Buffalo Sabres, 2-1 and one is the record. They are fading fast in terms of any playoff aspirations. Kyle Pozo's injury is not going to help matters. He's suffered an upper body hurt out for at least two weeks. Brandon Montour dealing with a lower body hurt. The veteran is listed as day-to-day. And in the Nets, another troubling situation has un- developed with Linus Olmark's leg injury. He's out at least three weeks. That means Carter Hutton will get a lot of appearances going forward. That mean- That's the big reason why his ownership spiked by 10%. He certainly has performed well enough to earn that spike on his own. Lawrence Pilute is a youngster who was called up in mid-January, playing as many as 22 minutes on the back end, partnered with Ristolainen on the top pairing. He had 22 points in 30 AHL games. We haven't seen that scoring upside yet in the major leagues, but uh, keep an eye on him uh, for a depth scoring option. The Calgary Flames went 1-1-1 last week. Their offense was paced by their captain, Mark Giordano, from his defense position. He added four assists to the cause. They got a boost from the arrival of Buddy Robinson, who was called up three games ago. He's picked up a goal, and I like his chances as a low-end DFS option as long as he continues to get ice time beside Gaudreau and Monaghan in that situation. In the Nets, David Riddich is slumping. Three wins, five losses in his last eight games played, 24 goals against on his ledger. On the upside, they may have got some bit, a bit of good news with Andre Mangiapane finally snapping a 10-game pointless slide with three points in his last two games played. He's hopeful that that continues to have him in a left-wing role in the top unit going forward. In Carolina, they went 1-1 one and one last week and uh, suffered a bit of an injury here with Lucas Walmark out with an undisclosed hurt. That's caused a bit of a shuffle in the top six with Sebastian Ajo moving to center on the second line alongside Andrei Svechnikov and Warren Fogel might be the beneficiary here as he continues to get ice time on the right wing on the second unit. Maybe a good DFS option this week in that situation. James Reimer's ownership is up 4% to 20% overall. He won his only start last week with three goals against and a 32 save effort in a victory there as we indicated. He's still a clear number two behind Peter Mrazek who was having an outstanding season for the Hurricanes. Don't get too excited, folks, about Justin Williams. His ownership did spike 4% to 25% overall. He's been an impact guy since rejoining this team, for sure, but don't overrate him. He's still locked into a third-line right-wing role here. The Chicago Blackhawks went 1-0 last week. Brandon Saad came off a long IR stint, has four goals in his four games played at left wing on the second unit since coming off the infirmary. Alex Dabrinkat has seven points in his last eight games played, solidifying a third line that uh, features Dylan Strom now at right wing on the third unit after his own seven-game stint on the IR. Meanwhile, on the back end, Eric Gustafsson uh, 
caused some eyebrows to rise with a six-point effort over a three-game span last week, looking like the same player he was in a breakout 60-point season last year. So you wonder if he's ready to reprise that role going forward. In addition, Slater Cuckoo has four points in his eight games played after pairing with fellow reclamation project Oli Mata. That gives this team a very nice-looking six-pack currently. The Colorado Avalanche went 0-1 in their lone start last week, but on the upside, Gabriel Landeskog starting to rev up with five points in his last six games played. Junas Donskoy returned from concussion and will vie for second-line duty on the left wing with Valery Nichushkin. Ryan Graves uh, on defense picked up two goals and two assists in his last five games played, showing offensive skills next to Kale McCarr, who continues to have an outstanding rookie season. In the Nets, Philip Grubar has been ordinary in four of his last five starts in goal. Pavel Francouz has 12 wins in his 16 decisions overall. Could there be a goalie switch in terms of share of playing time here? I think you could certainly make the case for Francouz at the moment. Columbus Blue Jackets went 1-0-1 last week. They have a key game tonight versus Florida. Center Alex Wenberg dealing with upper body hurt. That means Boone Jenner could move up to second line center role if he can't go tonight. In the Nets, you might have thought it would have been a disaster when Eunice Corpusello suffered a knee injury on the 31st of December. He's expected to miss two weeks, but there's no urgency because Elvis Merzlikens has registered six straight wins, and even his backup, Matthias Kivlevniks, who was called up for the minors, has allowed only three goals against in his first two starts. Up front, Oliver Bjorkstrand has been the hero. His ownership has spiked by 10% to 61 overall. Five goals, one helper in his last four games played after his own recent IR stint. The Dallas Stars went 2-1 and one last week. They added another victory to start this week with a 5-3 victory in, on Broadway. Anton Kudobin leading the uh, defensive structure with 30 saves last night. Joe Pavelski, two power play goals in short order to pace the offense. Stefan Johns with his first goal of the season. Corey Perry and Como getting the singles there. Rupe Hintz uh, is dealing with an upper body injury, but he returned last night and uh, reprised his top six role where he's had some good successful runs uh, during the course of the season. In fact, the Stars are contemplating putting him back at the center position on the top line and moving Radiloff to the second unit in a bit of a shuffle of their top six. Brian Bishop recorded two wins and three starts last week, so the goaltending remains in capable hands. We've had a very good defensive structure here. Part of that defensive structure is the upside of Essa Lindell. He's emerging as a solid points producer with 10 points in his last 11 games played since the new year broke. And John Klingberg has taken a back step overall, but has been more productive in six games since his own IR stint. So a boost to the offense from the defense if he can return to the defensive scoring punch that he showed last season. In Detroit, a miserable season continued. They went 0-2 last week. And they added that misery with a 3 nothing loss at home. Jonathan Bernier, the only bright light in that effort, a 28-save uh, performance for him. And relieving Jimmy Howard, who's had a terrible year. Bernier outplayed him by a big margin, but nobody's going to win big here overall as long as the defensive structure is as terrible as it's been. It doesn't help that they suffered a couple of injuries to veterans recently on the back end. Trevor Daly with an undisclosed hurt day-to-day is his listing. Similarly, Mike Green out with an upper body injury. Patrick Nemeth has been forced to move up to the left wing on the top pairing. That should give you an indication how thin things are because he's normally a bottom six defenseman even here on the winged wheels roster. Philip Zedina, uh, another issue up front, is dealing with a lower body injury. He'll be expected to miss the next two weeks for the, for the wings. Franz Nielsen, also out of the lineup, 
at least for a week. That means that Philip, Val Philpola will step in to a set center, role, center role in the second unit if necessary, and then Brennan Perlini is back at left wing after his six-game stretch on the IR. So there's a lot of movement and a lot of moving parts uh, on this roster, but no wins in the recipe at the moment. Edmonton Oilers 2-0-1 is their record. They've had a very good season, and uh, boy, we could start contemplating Connor McDavid in the playoffs. Uh, in terms of news on this club, left winger James Neal is dealing with a foot injury. He's listed as day-to-day. A bright spark for this team recently is Kyler Yamamoto, most added, in fact, in the NHL. Up 13% is his ownership week-to-week. Five points in his last four games played on the ice. Leon Dreisaitl continues his outstanding season among the leading scorers in the league last week with two goals and six helpers in his last three games. Left wing on that top unit, Josh Archibald, looks to be a very strong DFS option with four goals and three assists in his last seven games played, most of it alongside Connor McDavid. In the Nets, Mike Smith has started eight of his last eight of the last ten games overall here, picked up six wins. He looks like a cheaper uh, DFS option than some of the other uh, first-string goalies around the league, at least for the, the next little while. But uh, a continued run by the owners and him will change all that with a up- further uptick that makes him a little more unaffordable going forward, possibly. So take advantage now, folks, is what I'm telling you. The Florida Panthers went 0-1 last week, but they would trade that for a victory on the road in Toronto, which they secured on Monday night of this week. Defensive defenseman Mark Pissick playing a forward role in a depleted defense- offensive structure had the hat trick last night to lead the offense. Meanwhile, familiar names Huberdo and Hoffman added singles to the victory here. And behind that all, Sergei Bobrovsky receded for the win with a 32-save effort. It looks like he's getting his game in order at a critical time for the Panthers at a time when they'll be missing their other goalie, Chris Dreger, who suffered a groin injury and will be out till at least March the 1st. They were without Alexander Barkov last night, and so keep an eye on his situation because if he is unhealthy, that means Dominic Toninato will continue in the second-line center role. But if he does come back, that means that Trocek will go to second line and Barkov will get a big load of ice time in his return to the roster. Meanwhile, Frankie Vitrano's ownership spiked for another 4% last week. It continues to be a key source of secondary scoring. Mike Matheson has five of his 13 points in his last 10 games played, and then and a rejuvenated Aaron Ekblad is playing alongside him five points in his last seven games as well. The Los Angeles Kings went one and two last week, suffered a tough blow with the loss of Drew Doughty going out uh, of the lineup with an undisclosed injury. For now, he's listed at day-to-day, but keep an eye on that situation. Alec Martinez will see a spike in his ice time and will work with Derek Forbert as the top pairing here and there in his absence. Left wing on the top line, has been Alex Iafalo's lot for much of the last year and a half, but he's really on a heater right now. Four goals in his last three games played, continuing his breakout campaign alongside Anze Kopitar. In the Nets, Jonathan Quick may be 0-4-1 since December 31st, but don't pin it all on him, folks. He's only allowed 14 goals in that stretch. This is a thin offense, and it's best highlighted by looking at center on the second line, Jeff Carter, not earning his keep with a seven-game pointless streak intact as we start action tonight. Minnesota Wild went 0-1 last week. You can't pin that on Matt Zuccarello. He's been on a nice streak, reaching an expected level of play recently, and it continued with five points in his last four games played. Left wing on the second unit, Jason Zucker has ignited this line with two goals and two assists of his own in his last four games played. Meanwhile, Victor Rask has only one assist in that same stretch and may lose that role to uh, Miko Koivu, now that he's back in the lineup for the last couple of games, you can see his minutes are expected to rise going forward. 
Matt Dumba pouring shots on goal at a strong pace recently, though not yet translating into offense. He's better than only 16 points at 51 games played, and if there's any team that can pry him out of this lineup, they may really be, be buying low on a guy with a big upside, I think. There's three ca- ca- big cap hits on this blue line, and that's why the biggest reason why Dumba is probably likely to be traded here. Devin Dubnik, meanwhile, looked great in one start last week with a win, win and two goals against, but terrible in the other, picking up the loss and six goals against. That speaks to the up-and-down nature of the season in Minnesota overall. The Montreal Canadiens went 2-2 two and two last week. Nick Suzuki pacing the attack up front with a goal and five helpers, and Thomas Tatar, three goals and three assists. Meanwhile, Jeff Petrie led the back end with a goal and four helpers in what is a good season for a good strong season for him as I expected anyway, in support of Shea Weber and, and the defensive scoring options at the back end in Montreal. Brennan Gallagher returned to the lineup, providing a big boost, an immediate one, with two goals and one helper in the three games that he played. Carey Price won two wins and had a, won two games and had a shutout in the four starts. In fact, he started nine of the last ten, but that streak is over tonight as he's going to miss the game this evening with the flu. That means Caden Primo's been called up from Laval in the AHL. Not sure if he will be get, getting the start tonight too, so keep an eye on that situation or if it will be Charlie Lindgren in his stead. Yes, Barry Kotkaniemi going the other way in terms of the Laval shuttle. He's got to find his offensive game, otherwise he's going to go down with a recent list of flops among first-round draft picks that have dotted Montreal's recent draft history. And you wonder if Max Domi is, uh, is caught with a bit of that bug. He's only got two assists, two points, rather, in his last 10 games played, and he's been relegated now to bottom six minutes in terms of regular ice time, at least. The Nashville Predators are 2-2 two and two in their four games last week. Philip Forsberg, two goals and three helpers in those games. Roman Josie, three assists from the back end, pacing the offense. They got a bit of an unexpected boost from the uh, performance of Jared Tenorti, a very low-scoring physical D-man in his uh, up-and-down early career. He picked up three points in four games last week while taking in a regular shift with bigger minutes alongside the stabilizing force that is Matthias Eckholm. The juggling of four forward lines may result in a bit of a switch up here as Matt Duchesne is possibly going to be moved to the left wing on the top line, making room for Kyle Tourist to go up to the second line center role. These switches were me- may be necessitated by the fact that Callie Arncroft has missed the last two games and may be missing part of this week as well. Otherwise, Duchesne will return to his second line center role. The New Jersey Devils went 1-0-2 last week, one of the better weeks of the season, in fact, and that's maybe a bit of a sad commentary because it's only four points in three games, and that's not enough to overturn what looks like a dismal season in uh, in uh, the swampy area of New Jersey, I'll say. <laughs> the Damon Severson picked up a goal and two helpers, has 19 points in 51 games played, but sports a high minus rating, a minus 17, and that could soon match last year's minus 27 total that was among the league worst. Meanwhile, Sammy Vatanen is day-to-day after blocking a shot. He's been the linchpin of this defense, so they can ill afford to be without him going forward. His name has also been bandied about in trade talks. So that's another reason why they'd like to get him back in the lineup and healthy if they're entertaining that option. Center Nico Heischer missed practice yesterday with a knee injury of some some degree. We don't know the details for now, but consider that Travis Zajac and Jack Hughes would move up in the center depth chart if he misses any time. Winger Nikita Gusev has seven goals, seven points in his last nine games played, building on a nice first year in the NHL. We rem- we in- brought his name up in the preseason when we noted that he was the leading scorer in the KHL last year, and he's had a decent scoring season in the NHL his first go-around so far. 
The New York Islanders lost in a shootout in their only game last week. Uh, in my mind, Thomas Grice has moved ahead of Semyon Varlamov in the goalie uh, depth here. He allowed only nine goals against in his last four starts, while his partners faltered of late, surrendering 17 in that same stretch of games. The overall all-defensive structure here has suffered, in my opinion, since the injury to Alan Pallack. He's lost, of course, to for the season after tearing his Achilles 12 games ago, so there's no hope of him returning to, to help in that regard. Uh, the team's got to pull together and uh, find a way to get it done. Uh, they're hoping for a boost up front for uh, from the arrival of Kiefer Bellows. He was a former first-round pick in 2016 and the son of a noted scorer, Brian Bellows, from a generation ago, if you remember that. Uh, I would challenge our older, older listeners in that regard, perhaps. And he's currently the leading scorer with 16 goals in AHL Bridgeport. He's going to be called upon to inject some offense here, but likely will get the start as a third-line winger as he begins his career in the NHL. That's because largely because the two left wingers above him have fared fairly well of late. Anders Lee, four goals and one assist in his last nine games played, slap, snapping out of a long funk. And uh, Anthony Volvier, three goals and four assists in his last six games played. So the rookie is certainly looking like he's going to be blocked from top six minutes at the moment. The New York Rangers, they went 2-0 and last week, but they... Uh, took a loss last night at home against the visiting Dallas Stars, a 5-3 defeat. Henrik Lundqvist was pulled after allowing four, four goals against, and Georgiev mopped up, allowing one goal against in uh, that one. Lemieux uh, ha- led the offense with a goal and one assist. Howden, Buknevich getting singles. The offense has been was led last week by Mika Zibanejad, who's led the offense much of the season. Two goals and two assists added to his ledger. A good low-end DFS play if you're looking for a second center uh, that won't cost you as much as the big boys. Left wing on the top six uh, has been a role that Chris Kreider has held here for the last few years, but uh, he may be playing out the string Uh, until the trade deadline they're hoping at least that he's healthy in the near term because he took a knee to the head on Saturday did not play in Monday's game and uh, he needs to get back in the lineup uh, to relieve any question marks from potential suitors as we mentioned Lundqvist took the loss last week he offset with that with a shutout over Detroit uh, in his only start in the pa- only other start in the past seven games, so uh, they're making room for Shosturkin and Georgiev to share the nets. Uh, Shosturkin has excelled, allowing only ten goals against in his first four starts here. And does that mean Georgiev, who sports a 3.11 goals against average in 31 games played, will really be shot before the trade deadline? I'm expecting so. Our Temi Panarin has looked great in two games after missing the last one before the All-Star break. So don't think that he's hurt or anything like that it was just taking some a breather from the all-star break more than anything else a goal and one helper and 11 shots on goal the usual rate of production that we've seen from that superstar all season long ottawa senators one one and two was the record last week and they were sparked offensively by all their defensemen chipping into the offense we know that shabbat's going to be there with points on a regular basis he had three but he was matched by hainsey and Demello in that regard and baroic and riley were right behind with two each off, up front, it was Tyler Ennis with two goals and two helpers in those games, and Connor Brown continuing a recent hot streak with eight points in his last seven games, and he's now within three points of a career-high 36 points overall. In the Nets, Anders Nilsson is still sidelined with a concussion, meaning that Marcus Hochberg still gets to be the top goalie, uh, getting the role ahead of Craig Anderson, who figures to be trade, date, trade bait at the deadline.
the Philadelphia Flyers won 0-1-1 in their two games last week, and they added a shutout win against Detroit with Brian Elliott receding for the donut. 16 saves on, on in the effort. Lawton, Niskanen, and Hayes looked after the goal scoring. Meanwhile, Shane Gossespierre with a knee is day-to-day. He could reser- return as early as Thursday of this week to add some depth to the defense, but his role as an offensive uh, spark back there has been usurped by Niskanen. In addition to the goal he scored last night, he's got six points in his last six games played, warming to the responsibilities as right defenseman on the top pairing. Carter Hart's out with an abdominal hurt. He'll miss at least one more week, so you can expect Elliott to continue to get more work in his absence. Meanwhile, center on the third unit, Kevin Hayes, he also, as I said, picked up a goal last night. That builds on the four points that he receded for in two games played last week, and uh, he's moved to the third line because Claude Giroux has been bumped back into his longtime center role on that top unit, so they have a lot of strength down the middle in Philadelphia at the moment. Speaking of a, t- a team with depth down the middle with Crosby and Malkin, the Pittsburgh Penguins continued a, a very good run of, of fortune in the last couple of weeks. They're Now that they're healthy, 2-0 and was the record. On the downside, though, they did see Dominic Cahoon go down with a concussion. He'll miss at least one more week. That means Jared McCann becomes a good DFS option, moving over to left wing on the top unit beside Sid the Kid. Meanwhile... Alex Galchenyuk hasn't worked out here and now is only playing left-wing minutes on the fourth line. They'll try to move him, but he's running out of chances. Matt Murray has won his last six starts in net, allowing only 16 goals against in that string, and he's finally fighting back uh, for a goalie share against Tristan Jarry, whose game has slipped a little bit with 20 goals allowed in his last seven starts. So keep an eye on the goalie mix there going forward, but Matt Murray is fighting his way back into the discussion at least. The St. Louis Blues went 1-3 and three last week. They are still destined for the postseason, and people should fear this team, folks. Alex Pietrangelo, three assists on the back end. We expect that level of performance, but a nice boost uh, up front. Zach Sanford, two goals and three helpers in four games played, now playing left wing on the second unit here. And if even if Jordan Bennington is slumping a little bit of late, I'm not too worried about this team. He, he's given up 15 goals against in the last four starts. Let's call that a temporary issue and expect him to right the ship. But uh, Jake Allen has done his part in a supporting role, allowing only six goals against in his last three starts. You wonder if this is a guy who is candidate for maybe a role in Seattle with the expansion team going forward next season. Robert Thomas has earned a, a shot at a top six center role with six points in his last seven games played. So that's good. More good news. All seems fairly positive here, but I'm concerned about the fact that Justin Fox having a tough time finding his game offensively. Only 13 points in 53 games. He's on the books for six years at $6.5 million per year, likely eliminating any chance for this team to retain their captain as Alex Pietrangelo plays out uh, his contract and will be a UFA going forward, maybe the potentially most sought-after UFA in uh, June. The San Jose Sharks, this is a team that won't be playing in June, I can tell you that. They're 1-2 and two last week, and uh, their center ranks have been decimated. We noted a couple weeks ago, Logan Couture out with an angle injury. He's expected to miss at least three more weeks, but now you're going to add the name of Thomas Hurdle to that list. He'll miss the rest of the season with a knee injury, and that hurts me and a couple of uh, high-profile fantasy teams that I've got that have been doing well all season long. He was a centerpiece for it early on. Barkley Gaudreau, in fact, now moves into the center role in the top line after a goal, uh, in only one goal and no assist in his last seven games played. So that tells you how desperate they are to fill that role and what a drop-off there will be if uh, Gaudreau continues to, po- to score at that low pace. 
Alex True uh, was recalled from the AHL. He'll take on the center role in the third unit. He has some offensives upside to him. I'll, I'm thinking they'll get him an opportunity to show that with a big club after producing 25 points in 40 games in the AHL. Meanwhile, in the Nets, Aaron Dell has picked a great time to pull ahead of Marty Jones on the depth chart. I say that because he's a pending UFA with a 1.75 cap, million cap hit on his current deal, and it looks like he's going to get the lion's share of the net going forward uh, to boost his numbers overall. The Tampa Lightning 3-0-1 was their record last week, and uh, Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov hasting the attack with 8 points and 7 points respectively. Andre Palat moved up ahead of Alex Killorn to land in the left wing spot on the second line after seven points in his last six games played, while Killorn has only two points in that same period. After a good start to the season, Kevin Shattenkirk is now playing third pairing minutes on defense at only two points in his last 12 games played. Despite that, he's been a plus 12 in that stretch, and that number tells you how good this team has been overall. They've been on a long, hot streak, and they might even reel in the Boston Bruins. I thought they were home and cooled out, but the, the Bolts are making a case for, for a nice run at first place for over the rest of the campaign. A team that won't be buy, vying first play, for first place and may not make the playoffs overall is the Maple Leafs. They went 3-0 and last week to get into a playoff spot temporarily, but they were bumped out of it with a 5-3 loss they suffered at home and to boost matters in the wrong direction. Freddie Anderson suffered an injury in that game. We don't know the nature of, of it or how long he might be out. He did pass concussion protocol, so that's good news, but you wonder if there was a shoulder or neck injury involved. It seemed to be the area that was targeted in a collision at the net uh, during the course of that game. In terms of the offense last night, it was handled by familiar names Matthews, Nylander, and Tavares. The first two guys have been on long, hot streaks of late. Tavares broke a little bit of a scoring slump, so that's a bit of good news there for the offense. In terms of defense, Rasmus Sandin's ownership ownership continues to rise. It was up 8% last week. He had a goal and two assists. Look, the offensive game is there. It's just a matter of can he keep the defensive miscues to a minimum. He's playing third-line, third-pairing minutes on the back end, getting a look on the power play, and that's probably a really good situation for him, at least for the time being. One guy who's kind of flown under the radar is Zach Hyman. He's been producing effectively in terms of regular offense. His ownership spiked 6% to 49% overall. He's locked in as a top six forward here, along with all the heavyweights that we mentioned from week to week, including Mitch Marner, who had four points last week, and Willie Nylander, who had four points of his own. Meanwhile, on the back end, we know Morgan Riley's been out of the lineup, but Tyson Berry's been able to do much of the offensive load. A goal and two assists added to his growing totals. We mentioned Freddie Anderson again receding for two wins and Michael Hutchinson who might get a couple more starts in the near term. They got a back-to-back this weekend so they'll get another one for sure. He had has won his last four starts but he's lost three uh, relief appearances in a row now in a, in a cockeyed uh, scoring system the NHL uses for goals against, goals against assignable to wins and losses. The team was hopelessly out of contention in two of those games where Hutchinson came in in relief, but it was just a matter of a couple of late goals uh, taking the L off Anderson in those cases. So I, I don't think it's entirely fair to look at his regis- register of recent performances and look at the losses mounting for Hutchinson. Let's look at the wins that he started in. He's now 4-0 four, four and oh on the recent streak. Jason Spetz is thriving in his expanded role, giving the team a very good return for his 700K. Consider the fact that he's getting third-line minutes and playing on the second power play and scoring a little more regularly than he was early in the season. I think that the Leafs are happy to have this veteran in tow at the moment. The Vancouver Canucks went 3-0-1 last week, and uh, good news on the right side as depth forwards Vertanen and uh, Louis Erickson have been on pretty good streaks of late. 
six points in a four-game streak for Vertana and four points in a four-game streak for Erickson, despite the fact both were blanked in their last two. JT Miller continues his fine season there, seven points in four games played. On the defense, it was Quinn Hughes and uh, Chris Tanev. Uh, Hughes, three goals, two assists. Tanev with five assists to pace the offense from the back end. Alex Edler has taken a bit of a backseat to these two guys, but don't forget he's still a very viable option here as a power play quarterback. In the nets behind all of this, Jacob Markstrom has solidified his ranking as one of the elite goalies in the league with a very strong season, adding two more wins in his last two starts. That's nine wins in the last 11 games for him overall. Vegas Golden Knights went 2-0 last week. week. Willie Carlson dealing with an upper body injury is considered day-to-day, as is Cody Glass. They've both missed some time, and in their absence, the club has uh, continued to hang around the playoff race. They'll only be boosted by their return, and they'll also be boosted by the fact that Marc-Andre Fleury must be feeling better coming off an easy shutout win in his lone start last week. Meanwhile, on the back end, Shea Theodore is up to 33 points overall. That's four less than his career high after producing seven points in his last eight games played mark stone is on a pace for a second straight 70 plus point season the other leader team leader here aside from flurry i love his all-around game folks and uh, he's underrated in my estimation the washington capitals went two and two in a busy week last week Ilya samsonov continues to be a story here his ownership uh, spiked by 4% to 67 overall. He's got a tremendous winning percentage, percentage that we highlighted uh, and it continues to grow in this structure. Carl Haglin, one goal, three assists in a depth role here. Tom Wilson, two goals and two helpers to uh, continue to be the bodyguard riding shotgun but being very productive on that top unit. Jacob Vrana has been a revelation on the second line here and really solidified that group, added five more points to his record, and even the third line center, Lars Eller, chipped in with five points. So they're getting offense from everywhere. And I remind people that early in the season, I said, keep an eye out for Richard Panic. He could contribute at some point, and he has, in fact, with five points in his last six games played. I mentioned that Samsonov has had a good year. He stumbled a bit in his last two starts with seven goals against, but he's been steadier than Braden Holtby for a long while recently, and if the playoffs started today, it might be a coin flip to see who gets that, that uh, starting role in Washington. The Winnipeg Jets round out our weekly look at the league. As always, they were 1-1 one one last week. Matthew Perot is out with an upper body injury, expected to miss at least the next two weeks, so that may play havoc with the uh, offensive line structure going forward. But the big story here is that the Jets, Jets are finally cutting ties with injured holdout Dustin Bufflin. They should have some cap space after negotiating his upcoming departure, and it remains to be seen just how big or how small that might be and what flexibility they might have. In the Nets... Connor Hallibuck uh, used the schedule around the All-Star break to rest for 10 days, recording a nice win over St. Louis last week, and hopefully feels re-energized for what will be a very busy drive in search of a playoff appearance here for the Jets this season. We come now to the FanDuel segment, and we are without our partner A.J. Scholl's picks, so we'll go to the FanDuel optimizer and then my picks for today's look at the games on a busy schedule of tonight's hockey action. Connor McDavid leads the optimizers look uh, at a structure of lineup tonight, and they back him up with Jack Eichel. They spend a total of $17,100 on those two, and they add another big price tag with David Pasternak on the wing. So they've blown a lot of money on the first three picks. You know they're going to go cheap, and we'll see what they do in that regard. It turns out players that we've mentioned in a couple of instances will fill that role. Rickard Raquel is one of the other left-wingers. He, he faces the Ottawa Senators, a team that's been depleted, and maybe that's a good fit 
for his $5,800 price tag. Nick Ehlers is a guy who rides shotgun with some of the big boys in Winnipeg. His price tag is only $4,600, so I think that's a very strong pick there. But then I mentioned uh, Justin Williams. He's a guy that the Altermizer likes for $3,500. Tough matchup for him against St. Louis, I figure, though. I mentioned on defense Matt Dumba, a guy who's underperformed all year, in my estimation. Well, the Altermizer is hoping for a breakout performance as he faces the Blackhawks in Chicago tonight, $3,800 his price tag. Josh Morrissey, a guy who is one of the top defensive options in terms of scoring for Winnipeg, gets the bid for $3,700 to round out the defense pairing. And in Nets, the aforementioned workhorse in the Nets, Connor Hallibuck, gets the matchup against a Nashville team that is really floundering offensively, and that's really the attraction, despite the fact Nashville is the home team against the visiting Jets tonight. As far as the team that I put together, I too spent more than I, uh, more than the average on the top uh, two centers that I'm picking in tonight's games. I'm going to go with Patrice Bergeron against the visiting Vancouver Canucks. I'm going to go with Mark Shifley against the visiting Nashville Predators, the homestanding teams with their top line centers. I'm expecting big things for them from them for $7,700 and $7,200 respectively. The Chicago Blackhawks attack has been aided immeasurably by the performance of Dominic Kubalik, an unexpected source of production who's been very steady for a long time. He's only $5,200, and I pick him against a Minnesota team that's been up and down, as I suggested recently. The uh, rest of the wing positions go to uh, a trio of players who have been on uh, on good hot streaks of late. Jacob Jacob Silverberg, $5,400 as Anaheim visits Ottawa. Oliver Bjorkstrand as Columbus hosts Florida in a key battle there. His price tag is $5,900. And Jake DeBrusque, $6,200 the price tag as the Canucks visit Boston. In On defense, I mentioned Eric Gustafsson looking like he's finding his game recently. Still, his price tag is only $4,400 against uh, the, the homestanding Minnesota club. And Cam Fowler, a guy who's central to uh, any success that Ducks might have on a nightly basis, leading their defense more often than not. $4,600 his price tag as they visit Ottawa. And I mentioned Ilya Samsonov. I think this is the best likelihood for a win on the board as the Caps host the LA Kings and the price tag's only $8,400. Sign me up for that. Well, folks, that wraps up this episode of Podcast with Statsman without AJ. Our next episode is tentatively scheduled to take place next week. We hope that my partner is back. I wish him uh, good health and a return to full strength. Please remember to send your comments or questions on Twitter. Follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22, and you can follow AJ at AJScholes24. As always, we invite you to listen into podcasts to get our tips to stay ahead of the competition in your fantasy hockey planning and research. So long, everybody. <laughs>